to Don't Be All Like Uncool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my very special friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Morand. Hi, Alex. Uh, call me old-fashioned, because I am what I drink. Oh! That's a lie. I don't think I've ever had an old-fashioned in my life. Do you I drink hot toddies because you're a newly divorcee called Erica Girardi? That's her new I, thing, definitely. Yes, she didn't order one this time. She did. I mean, in the most recent thing at Lisa's, we'll get to that. This is a big... You're right, Alex. What did she order? She just ordered whatever Dorit was having. Well, Harry Hamlin was spread pretty thin making the bolognese sauce, one of his three things that he can make. And so I think she didn't want to, like, force him to make her a hot toddy. I think she was being, like, a very gracious guest. Wait, do you think he can only make just, like, three things very well? Yes. Yes, we know this. Okay. They said it, like, eight times. Blueberry pie. Bolognese. Oh, but I, I didn't know that everyone thought that was like the only three things he can Wait, make. Wait, what's the third thing? I can't remember. Julia, please also, you're not saying it right. Please say it correctly. It's Bolognese is easy. Bolognese is easy. Bolognese. Oh yeah, he also can like grill a mean steak. Yeah, it was just beef. I think, but instead of saying, said. isn't it Kobe beef? Yeah, they call it Harry's beef. But she said it was Kobe beef. Like she said something else weird. I don't know if Lisa Rinna knows what food is. She Shut likes up. to hang out mm-hmm. in the corner of the grocery store and just name food off as it walks by here. But <laughs> <laughs> it's her first time seeing it. July I do like to give Harry, Ham- <laughs> Harry Hamlin grew the vegetables that they ate. That's a big deal. Harry Hamlin, tip of the hat to you. Your wife will never eat your food. So she has to invite her friends. (laughs) (laughs) And that other beautiful voice you are hearing is our co-host, Miss Julia Baker. You can't burn me. I have a base coat. Oh, is it because you're tan? Yeah. Yeah, Alex is also tan. We are both Mm -hmm. way more tan than you. Sorry, too. I'm not tan. No. I wow. was in true housewife tagline fashion. That was to burn another person here. Well, I had to throw more shade on Elizabeth because this girl does not have her base. She's coat. in the shade all the time. Clearly, Look I at was her. on the East Coast this week, and it was very chilly and cold. But it was not. Well, Alex and I got beautifully bronzed in your absence. I know. So call me Jelly Clarkson. Is this the beginning of your tagline? No. <laughs> call me Jelly Clarkson. Because I'm. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> no. All right. I have a taste for drama, and girl, I'm hungry. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Classic. That just sounds like a classic tagline. Thank you. This has a little bit of backstory, not for drama, but for hunger. I was near a Taco Bell, and you two know I love a good Taco Bell, and I had to pull a fast one on the poor woman who is helping me. While I was ordering... I realized I was ordering so much food, it would be embarrassing if it was just for me, which it was. So then I gave the rest of my order like I was remembering other people's orders that (laughs) sent me to Taco Bell. Meaning I said, can I get like a beef burrito, please? And um, shoot, what did they want? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I got $35 worth of Taco Bell. That is impressive. Thank you were you. also the person who ordered three items to talk about when we were meeting Alex for a sushi lunch. Saying that it ward off the sickness that you were going through at the time. <laughs> I got Alex sick instead. This has been a great couple weeks for me. I can't believe that you used Taco Bell as like an acting ad lib experience. I'm excited for I you. Could do, I mean, was it convincing? I think so. She was like, oh, right? It's so hard to remember when you're buying food for four people, clearly. 
I did some fun. great acting recently too that I think would be fun to share on the pod. Oh, get out, get out there, Alex. There's a restaurant in town. Okay. I'll tell you which one after the record. Oh. With the person who works there, I'll tell you who it is after the record. <laughs> but I went there uh, with someone and she, the, the bartender saw me and went, oh my God, Alex. And I was like, hey, I saw her name tag. Still was not clicking with me. Looked at her, was not clicking at all. And she's like, oh, turns to the person next to me. Me and Alex run into each other in the craziest places. And I go, yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy seeing you here. And she's like, it's so crazy. And then took my order. And I didn't find out who this was until like the next day. But I was able to pretend like, yes, I have run into this person in the craziest places, including this place in my hometown. (laughs) (laughs) A very small hotel where there's like four restaurants. But the person I was with like had no idea that I was just like bullshitting the whole time. I oh, thank off. gosh, yeah. because from the reenactments, I found Elizabeth's Taco Bell ordering way more convincing <gasps> than your... Thank you, Julia. I didn't know someone. I thought I wasn't convincing at all, but okay. the person I was with said, yes, I was, and I trust their opinion. Do you guys want to know something crazy about both of those stories? The bartender, Taco Bell lady, same person. <laughs> no, I know. All right, we have uh, quite a show. We actually have two Beverly Hills and two Ronies. That's a lot. You guys want to start with Roni? Yeah. Sure. All right, you guys, let's do this in order. So uh, we are going to be covering two episodes of Roni, and let's start with the Harlem party. Biggest takeaway, Ramona is trying so hard to survive this party and is just failing miserably. It's true. She almost dies going down those steps. (laughs) Before it even begins, and... She doesn't get much better throughout the next episode either. But she took notes from your master class of where you tell the public how to act out your Taco Bell order. So it sounds like there's multiple people ordering Taco Bell. I feel like the same acting skills went into her vertigo demonstration (laughs) where she faux vertigoed for us all. I think my acting was a little bit better than that, Julia. I... You're not giving Ramona credit in the next episode where she really brings out her acting chops, uh, letting Ebony know that she has Googled the word microaggressions, and Ramona decides to rattle a couple off for Ebony. Oh my gosh. Also, uh, can we talk about Ramona's definition of microaggressions really fast? It's when, and I quote, black people get triggered. She did look up that the first billionaire woman was a black woman, though. We got the name wrong. Yeah. Ramona is so painful to watch, and I feel like if Ramona just said, Ebony, I understand what you're trying to say, then we can move forward. But I feel like poor Ebony is stuck. How can Ebony have fun when she knows that Ramona has all this weird stuff underneath the surface? I know the internet is very anti-Ebony right now, but not on this pod. We are a pro-Ebony pod. Oh, yeah. Anytime race gets brought up, Ramona says, I don't want to listen to this. Ebony knows that she has to make Ramona hear it because Ebony's representing herself and she's representing everything she stands for. And so when Ramona says something stupid like, don't talk to me, Ebony can't let that go. 
No. And she does a good job trying to keep it as light as you possibly can. But there is a reason that this happens every episode is because of the reaction to it. It's not on her. It's on Lou being defensive, mm-hmm. Sonia playing both sides, honestly, mm-hmm. Sonya and Ramona just blocking it out, as you said. So it's not like she's just doing this to be annoying or preachy every episode. It's because she hasn't gotten her message Nobody's. Across. It's because nobody says, Ebony, we understand and hear you. Thank you. Everybody says... I don't know about that every time. So she feels like or she has la, to... la, la, la. I don't want to talk about this. Let's play a game. Yeah. Let's play a game. In Salem, Ebony did not bring up race once. Sonia did. Sonia did. Poking the bear. Mm-hmm. Sonia's like the drunk, messy version of Kathy Hilton. She kind of says crazy shit and they let her get away with it and kind of starts things. And they're like, oh, Sonia Rita, starting things yet again. She's out to get Ramona right now. I know. I thought this would be the episode where Ebony turned on her, the Salem one. But it seems like they're still on good terms with each other. But that's going to break soon. You think so? I, Ebony, playing Sonia? playing too fast and loose here. You she's can't... saying one thing to Lou and Ramona and then to Ebony acting like she's like her best friend. Leah wins best talking point and worst talking point of these last two episodes. Best talking point is when she is trying to explain to Ebony, like, I know you're trying to help Ramona, but she barely speaks the English language. Mm-hmm. So hilarious observation, Leah. But then the most cringy thing that came out of Leah's mouth, well, maybe not the most, was when Leah is trying to find a school for her daughter. So she hires a consultant and she tells Kiki, her daughter, we have to be really, you know, respectful and we have to be really professional. This woman's going to help you get into school. Opens the door to said woman and immediately says, oh my God, you are so hot. You were literally the hottest woman ever. <sighs> and then Kiki gets sent to her room to go look at emails and... Leah and hot, what would you call her? Consultant. A hot school consultant just sit and have a chit chat. thought it was weird that all, everyone wanted to get fucked by a ghost when they were in Salem. This group of women is the horniest They're group of so women. They're so horny. You guys clearly have not seen them around dog groomers. Oh, true. When Coco's dog groomer, who I swear is... Lou's current curry-making boyfriend. That's him, oh. right? Is that not him? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so, but she has a type. In my memory, they're the same person. I'm going to keep that up. going to pretend that. Final thought, I bet that the reunion will be filled with Andy asking Ramona, so you understand that Ebony can't ignore politics and social issues like you can. Like, it's a part of her everyday life. And Ramona going some, well, whoa, 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 weird stumbly answer that doesn't mean anything. And then I think she'll come back. I can't imagine them firing her. Kelly Dodd got fired this last week, but I can't imagine them letting go of Ramona. Yeah. I mean, Ramona's on a journey many, many white people are on right now. Yeah. Ramona's also not unabashedly a Trumper like Kelly is. That's the funny thing is like Ramona does believe that she's right, as we all do. She believes that, like, yes, Trump is a good president, blah, blah, blah. So what Ebony is saying is, if you believe that, tell me why. If you think Trump is a good dude, tell me why so we can actually talk about it. And I can say, okay, I I see your point of view. I can respect that for taxes, as Ebony says. But Ramona doesn't say anything. I think she's so scared that someone's going to ask her a question she doesn't have the answer to. Yeah, I think she truly, like, doesn't know. Thoughts on our new friend of... For Sean. 
I went back and forth. I was kind of nervous just because she came with Ramona. Her cancer surviving story is insane. It yeah. sold me. Yeah. I'm all in. Wow. I started a little off because I was seeing her through the lens of Ebony. She me immediately too. kind Same. of had the energy of someone that seems like they just want to be on the show, of but, course, which a lot of yeah. like new members of these shows have immediately. She came across as a people pleaser, which yeah. I think she 100% is, and though she told us that since her... Since she looked death in the eye, she's become less people-pleasing. But as a people-pleaser myself, I think you just can't shake that. I think she wants everyone to be happy and everyone to have a good time. And I honestly respect that because I want these ladies to also have Mm -hmm. a good time. And I think that's what she was trying to say with Ebony's party is maybe she wasn't trying to go at it as like a let's not talk about race. Maybe she, like the rest of the women, didn't realize this was a race seminar with food, not Mm -hmm. just like a straight dinner party. And I have to like her because I find it delightful that Ramona's plus one is a woman who loves cock talk at the dinner table. Oh, me too. Can't wait. Is that going to blow up? That's the question. Ramona will not touch her. This is Ramona's get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. There's no way she will ever turn on Brashawn. She will just leave her hanging at a dinner because of vertigo. (laughs) (laughs) I know she abandoned her friend. If either of you abandoned me like that, I'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, Ramona is literally embodying the stereotype of, I can't be racist, I have a black friend. Yep. Alex, any final thoughts? Yes, my favorite thing of the the season so far is the woman who was introduced as catering manager slash witch. A side biz. Oh, gosh. I got to add something to my, my title. Yeah, update that resume, Jules. Yeah. Beverly Hills? Yes. Let's start out this Beverly Hills with some Kathy Corners. Uh, as we were talking off mic, I, I could probably just make this whole segment Kathy Corner. There's just so much good stuff. But I'm going to go first so I can steal the best one, I think. When we learn that Amelia Gray, a child, is dating Scott Disick, Dorit asks, is this Mazel Tov or no? Asking, do we think this is an okay relationship or are we kind of cringing? To which Kathy says, doesn't Mazel Tov mean Merry Christmas? Dorit says, no, congratulations. And Kathy says, congratulations for what? Thinking Dorit is congratulating her. <laughs> Kathy. Well, you saw the pills that were in that giant ass bag of hers. I think, I hope Kathy's high as a kite. Which is my Kathy corner, that bag, because of how many foot related things she keeps in her bag. Where she was like, socks, uh, sneakers, sandals sandals for if there's a pedicure. They were like the little pedicure cheapy sandals that they wear if you're wearing clothes to shoes. Why does she keep those? I love that Kathy is the cool kid, even if she starts tons of shit, like she keeps calling Sutton Thomasina, because Sutton is a peeping Tom, and she's Mm -hmm. gracing Sutton with a feminine version of this name. Sutton won't go out and directly confront Kathy about this. She yells at Crystal. Right. Kathy is the cool girl. No one goes against Kathy. She's a full-on shiller. I think Kathy's seeing how weird they're going to let her be before they shut her down. Or at least I hope that's what Kathy's doing. Or maybe they just like know that it's going to just roll right off her. If you said, Kathy, please stop calling me your weird peeping Tom, she'd say, huh? She would have, have no idea what she'd you're talking who's about. Who's peeping Tom? She, she'd play that. There's times where I think she's just playing dumb to get Tom? away with shit. Who's yeah. Tom? 
When, Who's hunky dory? Yeah, when Sutton yeah. says she can't sit around acting like she's hunky dory, Kathy is bamboozled, not knowing who hunky dory is. But in Kathy or in Kathy's defense, Sutton just mere moments before was saying like, "Ooh, I'm Mr. Poppins." Didn't I didn't know what she was trying to get at? She with forgot that. what a peeping tom was. Really? That was what it was. She forgot her own stupid nickname. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. My other Kathy also involves Amelia Gray. Her advice to Renna is tell Amelia not to be the cow who buys milk for free or whatever. Yeah, that, was <laughs> that was awesome. And my other one was when she was referring to Doree and she goes, my buddy over here, my English girl. <laughs> and everyone goes, she's from Connecticut. It was and like, thank you goes, someone for acknowledging this within the show. And then Doree goes, yes, I am from Connecticut. And in the next episode, Dorit does an impression of PK, and it's an American accent. Her impression of PK is, babe, can you make me a sandwich? She <laughs> screamed it so loud, I thought she was yelling that to PK, who must I have been too. off. Oh no, that was like her impression camera. of him. Just making it even more confusing for me. Dury is killing me. I am really enjoying her this season. Um, I really love the transitions she's making from corporate room restaurant designer to wedding dress designer. Really excited to see how that goes. It's odd that she used the room design of Bugodebeko to really sell us on her resume for designing wedding dresses when she has designed actual clothes and bathing suits. It was an odd choice. Didn't that go under? Didn't her beach wear, didn't that crash and burn? I don't think so. <gasps> think still this is Bugoda Beppo's still a thriving restaurant. She has to name drop it. I, I never... Well, I okay. mean, her, rest, her dining room is preserved because they just got let in. They like, opened it two weeks ago. <laughs> I have a question. I asked this at the time and I still have no idea. How was that? That was like her big business opportunity. How is you designing a room in a big scale restaurant? In she designed co- one dining room in one location of a chain restaurant. Mm. Is that money for her? Is there? Is that? How, how is there any cash transitioning? It's from because person to person? we all know what Buco de Beppo is, and you, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, and I did not know before this. We googled it. Yeah, so she got paid for advertising on the show. Clearly. Uh, it has nothing why, to do with the dining room. That's why she mentioned it. And Julia... Much- Which is ex- much like her fashion design. She's collabing. She's having a collab oh. with an actual wedding dress designer. That just means you get handed three options. You pick one, you stick your name on it. They actually showed her on the phone picking one of the... She goes, I just saw the sketch. I'm so excited. She didn't say, I sent over a sketch. <laughs> She thinks designing is a multiple choice test. Uh, yeah. These ladies, I tell you, they love their Christmas decorations. Everyone has the most extravagant Christmas homes. Kyle has three trees. Dorit has Santa's village. What's going on? Also, we learn. They keep saying uh, Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving to Harry Hamlin. It's not even Christmas yet. No. Are these filmed out of order? And a couple of them go Christmas decoration shopping together. Yeah, Erica is about to lose everything, but God forbid she doesn't have a Merry Christmas pillow. Yeah. Is Kyle Jewish? Um, Mauricio is. Okay, that's what I thought. Also, Mauricio is like higher than ever. Well, I thought you said hotter than ever. Because when I saw him, I was like, Mauricio is hotter than ever. Every scene. Well, if Kathy's coming over, I mean, when in Rome. 
Elizabeth, when uh, Julia went away to college when you were a kid, did you react the way Portia reacted? Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Um, Screaming like somebody from Halloween 2 out soon with Kyle Richards. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not. I got totally Alex kerfuffled by the previews for that because I assumed that the sister was like dressed up scary and scared Portia. Oh no, it was just No, it was just her mere presence. Also, and all the other sisters also just there. <laughs> it's not a part of that bond. I know, I would have felt so bad if I was the other sister and didn't have a reaction like that. Like, in the slightest, not even a hello. Mm-mm. That's some bizarre behavior from a teenager. She's though. getting a lot of attention. I'm sobbing. Is she the only one who's at home right now? She's the youngest, and if you've seen her grow up throughout the seasons, she is a bit of a ham and plays into things. Okay, so this checks. This all yes, checks. Yes, it all checks. So I started playing a game these two episodes with Erica Jane. Mm. And my game is she knows and she doesn't know. And that is Mm. in this place and time, does she know and did she know for a long time how evil Tom Girardi was? Or does she not know? And sadly, in these two episodes, I have nothing in my she doesn't know column. But I do have three she knows. All right, let's hear them. All right. I know how mean and utterly dismissive Tom is. I saw it for 22 years. Mm. That just sounds like a personal job. No, she knew. I'm not giving you that one. Keep going. I'm good at it. I'm cold. Not giving that one either. That one's actually worse than the first one. Keep going. Okay. Bring it home, Julia. I need something big. She said Tom has a lot of money. And she put it in quotes. Okay, that one's actually pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Shoot. What about her talk about how she hasn't socialized the entire time she was married to him and it was all business social? I don't think that they talk that much. I though. don't either. I really think she... I would love her to be innocent and I am rooting for her to be innocent because I don't want to think that I've watched this woman who's that evil on my screen for this many years. Okay, New thought. I was going off of, she didn't know, they never talked, she signed stuff, never questioned it. Now I'm thinking, she might have known, but it was pitched to her, we're going to do this and we're going to make even more money back for them and then they're going to get even more money. Because it was a Ponzi scheme and that's how you keep Ponzi schemes going. Oh, to the victims, how Mm -hmm. we invested their money that they were getting from their court settlements? Yeah, Yeah. Erica, it's okay. They're going to get even more money after I do this so she can kind of like justify it or she legitimately has no idea how any of that works. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ponzi schemes have been around forever and they last for years. I don't think he talked to her about any of his day-to-day. Gosh, their flashbacks. He's looking like a dick. They're re- they really focused on the same, like, three mm-hmm. of him cutting her off. All right, Sutton Crystal. Number one, Sutton does not get to comment on anybody's clothing choices. Just need to establish oh, that, that fucking, right like, now. that bow she was wearing? Yeah. yeah. Um, Crystal's pants are very cool, so suck it, Sutton. And also, Crystal didn't pick those. So this isn't any reflection on Crystal, anything she wears. That little Build-A-Bear house bag, not Crystal. Stylist. I don't really get what Sutton's plan was. So, yeah, we have that whole talk that goes absolutely nowhere. But then round two, when it's Garcelle's party, she shuts down and then gets mad at Crystal. I don't think that's what it really was. I know exactly what it was. She forgot to bring a gift and felt weird? No. (laughs) That's my guess. 
Crystal, Kyle, and Kathy went in on a gift together. Yep. She and felt Kyle, left out. She felt left out. Oh, Julia. Alex had the same thought, so he gets partial credit. Yes. I had the base idea for that, so I'm also going to give myself part. Now we all went on it together. Nobody felt left out. Yay. Yay. No, uh, you're- So we're totally getting a gift and not including Elizabeth. Exactly. Oh, okay, no. <laughs> And she'll aggressively apply lipstick. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why these women are coddling Sutton. Because she's really nice and generous with them. She and does known bring her- gifts. Ironically, yeah. not to this party. Yeah, and they've known her for a long time. I think they've known her a year longer than Crystal. I'm getting over Kyle defending people that don't need defending. And she's well, a, keep in mind though, Kyle, Kyle was there for the origin of this whole exactly. Sutton Crystal thing. Exactly, and Kyle backed up Sutton in this really Let's weird remind- way. All listeners with the origin of this, because Bravo has clearly forgotten because they're doing set in a huge solid. But the origin of the whole Sutton Crystal comment is when Sutton said, I do not see color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you don't need to talk about your race because I don't want to talk about it. Uh-huh. Even my cat Stevie in the background is agreeing with us. Mm-hmm. She's not she a remembers. She's Ramona. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and now Kyle is defending Sutton in this weird non-issue. I don't know why they're thinking violate means sexual like, yeah, you could say, like, she sexually violated me, but that's not what she's saying. She's saying her personal space and her boundaries were violated. Which you, is the definition, as it, she pointed out. She was prepared. Exactly. Your privacy is violated. Your trust is violated. You can have anything be violated. It's weird. They all have Sutton's back on the violation thing, but not on the Mr. Poppins thing. What do you mean on the Mr. Poppins Remember thing? Remember when she's like, I'm not a peeping Tom. I'm not over here, like... Mr. Poppins, and she does like a weird like telescope thing. Everyone's like, "What? What is that?" Because it made no sense. Exactly. That's like the one thing they're not on her side about. Oh, that's funny. Because it's you truly can't follow it. Yes, but everything else, they're like everyone's pro Sutton. Maybe not Kathy, but I think Kathy's also just being a little troll. And Kathy's friends with Crystal. Mm. They're old friends. Um, Crystal, the comeback queen. Oh, man, if she didn't put herself down in, like, housewife royalty, she definitely did this episode. For the planet line? Oh, absolutely. When Sutton says, what crazy planet do you live on? Crystal says, not yours. Without missing a beat. She's also great with the OKs. We've complimented her on the OKs before. Mm -hmm. She just is acknowledging Sutton for the crazy things she's saying by going, okay, and Crystal also has like the opposite of a resting bitch face. She always has this little tiny smile. So good. Like she knows you're insane and she's fine. Yeah. yeah. She, she's it's like, winning. It's not a smirk. It's just like the corner of her mouth is turned up. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. But when Sutton's losing her shit, oh man, it's hilarious. Now, what do you think about her line? You're upset because you're jealous. I what do you think that's about? I think that was, I'm frustrated, I don't get what this girl's deal with. I'm I frustrated, think that's I'm her... going to provoke you, I know this will hurt you type of thing. I think that was probably just like a anger, just putting something out there. Julie, do you have a different thought? Because I, I was so intrigued by that I line. think that's what Crystal's friends are telling her. <sighs> Isn't that always the thing? Like, oh, why is this person mean to me? They're, or, oh, they're just jealous. Like, that's always kind yeah, of like the blanket. Yeah, why are they blanket. so obsessed with me? I mean, Crystal you know? does have a lot to be jealous for, though, like... She has the famous husband, mm-hmm. the adorable children who are the so well behaved. 
the house, the house Birkin. There's a mm. lot of things to be jealous over. She's freaking loaded. Good clothes. Yeah. I mean, she does have a lot to be jealous for. That that definitely is true. And Sutton... She's athletic. Yeah. Crystal is living rent-free in Sutton's mind. Crystal is on the forefront of Sutton's brain so much that she does not bring a gift for, debatably, her best friend in the cast on her mm-hmm. birthday. Because she forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think forgetting plus the other girls going in on a gift without her, I think those two things together are just going to, she's going to lose it. Yeah. Do you know what I really want? I want Sutton and Crystal to make up, blah, blah, blah. I want Sutton to turn against Kyle. Because Sutton's kind of weak, but she's wild. And Kyle loves pretending that she's protecting the underdog. Like, that's what she did with Teddy. Mm. And I would love to see Sutton do her little whiny thing and then Kyle kind of smack her down Mother Goose style. That's what I'm hoping happens next. Can I have my final thoughts? Yes. Mm -hmm. It is a journey. Okay. So follow this journey. Okay, Julia, I'm ready. Lisa Renna wants desperately to be best buddies, bosom friends again with Garcelle. Yes. Lisa Renna is throwing this impromptu Harry Hamlin Bolognese luncheon slash Garcelle's Bolognese. birthday party. The last time Garcelle was at Lisa Renna's house was on Lisa's 50th birthday. They have a flashback picture of Lisa and Garcelle together on this birthday. Lisa is wearing the same dress. And I did a pause rewind. What? Switch. To the Bolognese luncheon, as she did in her 50th birthday. I think she's trying to recreate the magic from seven years ago where she and Garcelle were true friends. You know what, Julia? Lisa Rinna is just weird enough. I I would be surprised if that isn't exactly what happened. Anyway, that's my final thought. I think, Harry, Harry, I'm just going to manifest it. We're going to bring it back. She's going to see the dress and go, wow. And the best thing was, Garcelle did impromptu recall the last time she was at Lisa's house. Because everything was going according to plan before Sutton fucking ruined it. Oh, Lisa's going to be pissed. Oh, I could also, ah, that was, Rinna's too hardcore for Sutton. See, that's why I think it needs to be like a gentle swipe. Mm-hmm. Like Kyle. Any final thoughts? Anybody else? Yeah, it's fun to see another Jax in the Bravo universe. Garcelle's son, Jax. Oh, I love her sons. Both yes. of them. The sons are hilarious. They were funny last I season. could just watch her home life as a show. That could definitely be its own show. I'm loving angsty son this episode. I love Jed? a good pout. Yeah. Jed. Yeah. You're a Jed fan. Alex is a Jax fan. I am a Dorit fan because Kyle, R.I.P. Kyle the Goldfish. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes. I don't know how Garcelle... Garcelle feels like she puts up with, like, very zero nonsense, but she's also loyal, so I guess that's why she's friends with Sutton. Uh, Sutton is just totally throwing me off. It's like having a little whiny kid in this friend group of very glamorous ladies. I can't put... I can't figure it out. My guess is off-camera, Sutton does a really good job, like, blossoming all of these friendships. Mm -hmm. I think she's a really good friend off-camera. And one-on-one when she, like... As evidenced by her thing with Erica this last episode. Like, she does put in the time with people. Yeah. That was very really generous cute. with them. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. And it's funny because she does very adult things, like bring gifts and, like, do thank you notes, blah, blah, blah. But then she 
does little kid things like throw tantrums at somebody else's birthday party. And host an MLM luncheon at her home. Mm-hmm. Without any M or L's or M's. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready for awards? Yes. yes. Okay, I'm going to start us off with awards. The Halloween 2 Kyle Richards Acting Award yes. actually goes to two wonderful actresses and actors these last couple episodes. Um, first, I would like to give it to Miss Lisa Rinna, who is acting like she doesn't want to talk about her daughter, Amelia, who is an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, mm, nineteen, dating Scott Disick, a former Kardashian man with three children who's in his late 30s. But she brings it up every chance she can get. She brings up the Jenners. So kind of undermining herself, but I really do like that she's trying to just pepper it in whenever she can. I'm going to kind of tag a little side note. She also doesn't want anybody to remember Amelia's eating disorder, so that she brings it up twice so we don't remember it. I was going to mention this also. She's the only one talking about this eating disorder. It's just her. It's just her. But don't remember it, Julia. Please don't remember. And Miss Renna is sharing this award with Mauricio, Kyle's husband, who did a great job acting like he didn't know who his daughter was as she was standing outside the house. The daughter comes to surprise. The other daughter's screaming in the house. And the whole time, Mauricio's going, oh my gosh, who is that? Who is that outside? And they're like, oh, you can't, you can't hug her because she has a COVID test. Who is that? Who is? Okay, but you in two days after her rapid test, we can all have a great family. Who is outside? <laughs> he really committed to the bit. So congratulations, Mauricio and Rena. Mr. Alex, your award. All right. My Creeped Out Kelly Award, named after Kelly Vincent Simone from Roni uh, and her famous Scary Island arc in which she, almost everything Bethany did, Kelly referred to as creepy, goes to Crystal from Beverly Hills. For in repeated flashbacks to her describing the event where Sun walked into her, just keeps saying it, it was creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> and almost the same intonation that Kelly says, it's creepy from Roni. And it's my favorite line ever in the franchise. So, okay, thank you, Crystal. Thank you, yes. Crystal. And also, Crystal's her, it's creepy is warranted. Yes. So it's, it's a new spin on a classic phrase. Where Bethany was just kind of doing Bethany things. Bethany was creepy for uh, being, saying she was a chef. <laughs> <laughs> Julia? My award, I'm pretty sure I've given this award before, is the Not Kenya's Trip Award. And this goes to Leah. As we know, Kenya Moore hosted the worst trip last season of Atlanta. I always thought producers just gifted trips organized to Housewives, but we do know now that Housewives actually do the legwork and plan these trips. Leah, I think, is off to an amazing start on her Salem trip. I loved every bus they've stepped foot on. The hotel was a delight. They got a history lecture and didn't recoil like they did at Ebony's dinner. It was, it's been truly a great journey so far. So thank you, Leah. And now they're getting tattoos. Which is hilarious that Leah hosted a dinner in a tattoo parlor. Anyway, Leah, congratulations. This is definitely not a Kenya Moore trip. And I also like that they're not staying in some, like, ritzy hotel thing. They're staying in, like, 
a little Airbnb. It's With like sexy chandeliers and mm-hmm. sexy ghosts. And sexy yeah, that's ghosts. right. If they're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> When they mention before we go, when they're like, oh, it's like that one scene from that movie. Do you think they're talking about the Dan Aykroyd blowjob scene from Ghostbusters? I think they're talking about Ghost. (laughs) You know, the sexy (laughs) ghost movie, Alex. Okay, that makes more sense. But they describe it as like getting lucky like in the middle of the night with a ghost. So that doesn't happen in Ghost. They make pottery. Sure. It's a metaphor. I think it might be Ghostbusters. (laughs) Please write in and tell us all your sexy ghost movies. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. We've been your ghost host. Oh my god. Okay. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.